this is episode 78. It's called If You Don't Have Anything Nice to Say. Well, that is one title for the episode. The actual title for this episode is Just Shush, but Avery refused to say that. She was quite adamant saying that that was very rude and she refused. (laughs) So we tweaked it slightly for her intro purposes. The idea for this episode came from a new comment left on an old story that I wrote at least a decade ago. But now, years later, about 10 years, I can see it from a new perspective. I wrote this little blog post about this time that I took Avery, a very young Avery, to an outlet mall. And the story was mostly just a rigid rant about this rude woman who had the audacity to shush Avery and I while we were in the change room. And I wrote about it and I hit publish and I didn't really think anything about it for a while. And then years later, I decided to republish it on our new website. And again, I didn't really think much about it until we received this very unkind and infuriating comment on it. Um, It was just this little story about a mom and a daughter out doing their thing in the world and feeling just a little stung by the judgment of others. But I have to say, reading it over again now, I can see how our behavior could have been perceived as a little entitled, or at least just a little annoying. Um, And comments about that I can handle. But the comment left by this stranger that was based in ableist, bigoted hatred, that that is something I cannot handle. So I am calling it out here in this episode, because for every Fred comment, there are at least 100 people or more who think like him, but they just don't say it out loud. So I think that calling out this kind of this kind of thinking is the right thing to do, even though it makes me absolutely furious. And on that note, this episode might possibly have an E rating for language. Uh, FYI, E in the podcast world means explicit as opposed to E for everyone like they do on video games. I don't know why they just don't make it unilateral. Anyway, I have been pretty good at keeping my language G-rated because upon occasion, some of Avery's friends will listen. So I try to be respectful so I can be inclusive and accessible to all ages, but I know myself. And when I get riled up about something, I do tend to drop a few adult words here and there. So I will try not to today, but (laughs) no guarantees. So this episode is probably not good for kiddos and also not for my dad who does not enjoy it when his daughter swears. But it's okay for my mom, though, because she, that woman can curse like a sailor. I clearly get my salty language from that side of the family. Okay, let's jump right into it. Hey, everyone. It's a very bright life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. I think I'm going to start off by reading the shushing post so that you can get caught up to speed and just know that I'm aware that my reading voice is 
It's not good. I was a teacher and I used to do read alouds all the time. I don't know why. Whenever I have to read something, I, I put on this weird voice. I don't know. I'm going to try not to, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and then I'm going to read the comment on that post that basically punched me right in the gut. I felt like I was going to puke when I read it. And then I'm going to follow up with um, some thoughts. So, and I definitely felt outraged and justified in my anger when I wrote the story originally, but after a decade or so of growth and also my own personal waning patience, I have zero patience left. Uh, It's allowed me to see the story through fresh eyes. So that was interesting. Okay. (laughs) Here comes my reading voice. Here's the story. This incident happened several years ago when Avery was still quite young, but something happened recently which brought it back to mind. I wondered if other parents of young children or kids with disabilities have experienced something like this, and so I thought it might be worth sharing. I took my daughter Avery on a mama's going out and doesn't have a thing to wear mission. She's always loved shopping, and so of course she was all in, which is funny to me since I would rather do anything else but comb through clothing racks. Her dad's a skilled shopper, so she must get it from him. We popped over to the outlets in hopes of finding me a new shirt. Ever mindful of my budget, shudder, (laughs) I limited my quest to one item. Painful as it was, I grabbed a few tops to try on and I headed over to the change room. After I helped Avery pick up the pile of purple sweaters she had knocked onto the floor, put back the umbrella and two purses slung over her shoulder, and removed the lavender top from around her neck. Shopping with a curious child is a challenge. However, how will she learn to behave appropriately if she's never given the opportunity? While I tried on the first shirt, Avery discovered yodeling. She found the echo of the empty change room quite amusing. While I struggled out of the blouse, picture Houdini trying to escape from a straight jacket and chains, Avery began to softly hum her ABCs. Eventually, her patience ran out and she attempted to escape under the door. I can't really blame her. It was way more fun out there, fondling crisp stacks of t-shirts and whipping belts around, cowgirl style. In order to gain a few precious minutes more, I gave her my phone. She enjoys this app that records her voice and plays it back in a silly voice. A loudish activity, the volume was respectfully low, but it's not like we were in the library or a retirement home. As she happily played, I stepped out of the room to ask the saleswoman for a wider belt. I explained how a strategically placed belt provides excellent muffin top camo, and we laughed. And then out of nowhere, we hear an aggressive shush from an adjacent change room. This wasn't your typical warning shush. This was a furious yell shush. I'm not a fan of any shush, really. I suspect this one was directed at Avery and I both. Me for belting out my belt affection, and more likely at Avery for humming and laughing. In response, I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know anyone else was in here. And I skulked back into my stall, and Avery exclaimed, Hi, Mommy! I replied with an uncharacteristic sprinkling of snark, Avery, we can't make any more noise. This is a no-fun zone. As I dressed, Avery coughed, and I told her, sarcastically, I know, Uh Uh-oh, you'd better keep it down. Let's just get out of here. Passive-aggressive snark is not the best example to be modeling, but it was either that or fling open the shusher's door and smack her with a hanger. Kidding. I'm a lover, not a fighter. There was no reply from the grouchy lady in the neighboring change room. 
Maybe her pants zipper was stuck, or she was hopelessly trapped in a turtleneck. I don't know her story, but even if she had stepped on a dress pin and was nursing a sore toe, her rude outburst really wasn't necessary. As I stood at the checkout to pay for my single shirt, Pat's self on budget savvy back, the woman emerged from the change room and approached the cash. But when she saw me, she veered away and browsed intently at the sale rack. I took a deep breath and confessed to the cashier that it was taking every ounce of restraint I had not to confront that woman. I paid for my item and left the store without saying a word. I didn't even bother flashing her a dirty look. I couldn't even be bothered. I sat behind the wheel, fuming and contemplating whether or not to go back inside. I wanted to tell that woman that I'm not a lax parent with an unruly child. My daughter wasn't screaming or having a tantrum. She was laughing and singing and sitting still while her exhausted mother attempted to try on clothes. I wanted to explain how shopping with a child, and one with a disability in particular, is difficult. A little compassion and understanding would have been appreciated. Instead of returning to the store to say my piece... I just drove away. I couldn't be trusted to speak to this person in a calm manner. Yelling at a stranger in an outlet mall was not on my outing agenda. What would you have done? Walk away, head held high, knowing this person wasn't worth your time? Or approach her to explain why rude behavior isn't cool? Edited to add. As I said, I don't know this stranger's story. Maybe she had a headache. Maybe she was having a bad or sad day. Perhaps she doesn't like little kids or the alphabet song. Maybe she was on a call. There are lots of reasons she may have reacted in that way, and I totally get it, especially now that I'm older myself and my patience isn't as robust as it once was. She had every right to feel annoyed by us. But to be fair, we weren't shouting or being crass. Avery's volume was at a respectful talking level. I won't allow shouting or screaming ever. My misophonia can't even handle it. However, this person's feelings were her feelings, but it was the aggressive shush that really irked me. If she had said, excuse me, sounds like you're having fun, but would you mind keeping it down? Something to that effect would have been greeted by me with, oh my goodness, sorry, of course, easy peasy. Anyway, it is what it was, and I was just doing my best, but her unsolicited aggression made me feel shamed and protective, a reaction fueled by stress and exhaustion and exasperation. Uh, Apologies again for my reading voice. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh, But after hearing that again, um, many years later, after it happened, I totally get why some people feel like my daughter was being bratty or disturbing the peace or just being a little entitled or whatever. I can see that now. And I'm going to comment a bit further on that in a minute. But um, as for this comment on the post, this completely ignorant, ableist, a-hole comment, there is absolutely no justification in the world for this kind of attitude or language. So listen to what this guy wrote. Kids should not be seen and heard. Discipline your child or society will do it for you. Also, your kids should be in a home where they can be taken care of and not in public. Are you fucking kidding me? I felt so angry. I felt sick when I read that. Um, Not that I care what this person thinks. He's obviously an angry troll. But it was more about knowing that there are people in this world who think like this. People who would like to see all disabled folks locked away from the world like it's the dark ages or something. Makes me want to puke. 
I don't really have a lot more to say about this guy and his stupidity, but I will circle back to it again in a few minutes just so I can share uh, another recent example of perceived ableism. My ableism, actually, it's embarrassing. But before I get to that, I want to give props to my friend and her giant lady balls. So she read this guy's comment and she came galloping to my defense and she wrote, Fred, you are a stale ham sandwich of a human and you should be shushed for your limited thinking and ignorance. People like you shouldn't be allowed to spew their venom and hostility and fear. I highly recommend anger management and a blow up doll. (laughs) And she added, as always, you handle these people with grace. I don't know how you do it. People like this and our buddy Fred are truly ignorant to the world around them. Isn't that comment great? Isn't she great? And aren't friends who've got your back like the most precious gems? They've got you no matter what. Speaking of which, have you seen the new show on Apple TV called Shrinkage? Or no, wait, (laughs) I keep saying that. It's not called Shrinkage. It's called Shrinking. That's a whole other thing. Um, It's the one with Harrison Ford and a cast of characters who are all psychologists. It's probably one of the funniest, best written shows I have ever, ever, ever seen. So good. Um, There are two female characters who become new friends. And in this one episode, they're out at this event where one of them was feeling like all super self-conscious and insecure because her ex was there. And so she goes off on this rant about him and, her other friend is explaining to their guy friend who's there who isn't getting it. She's like, she's mad, Sean. What don't you get? God. And the upset friend explains a bit more. And then the wing woman friend is all like, oh, okay, I see. And the upset friend is like, wait, you didn't know why I was mad, but you went along with it anyway. And the wing woman friend is all like, of course. And the upset woman was like, I love you, man. <laughs> so that is a ride or die friendship right there. So anyway, the show is really good. I'm obsessed. And yeah, the writing, like the, it's everything, the storyline. And there's this one scene where the ride or die friend is home with her husband and he, he's getting ready to retire and she's all annoyed by the idea of having her husband around all the time. And so, and her husband is played by Ted McGinley. Do you know him? He used to be um, the neighbor... Steve on Married with Children. And I think he was on The Love Boat, I believe. I have just totally dated myself there. I do that. I do that a lot lately. Anyway, the husband looks at her and he says, if the idea of have no, um, get it together, Lisa, the idea of having me home all the time bugs you. Well, I have worked for decades. So now it is my turn to be at home. So maybe you need to go find something to do something outside the house. And I was like, "Uh Oh, the gig is up. And I avoided eye contact with my husband for the rest of the episode. If you're not watching the show, highly recommend, but yeah, ride or die friends are the best. Jackie eviscerated this awful commenter with her reply to his comment. And I know she'd probably have my back on this, even if I was off the mark, because that's what friends do. But I'm pretty sure 100% of you who are listening would also agree that this guy is a hateful, ignorant turd. Um, If you thought otherwise, I can't imagine why you would be listening to a podcast like this. So yeah, ham sandwich guy is an ableist peckerhead. 
But you know what? Sometimes even the most well-intentioned parents of disabled kids or even disability advocates can be accidentally ableist. Like their tone can maybe come off as ableist, even when that was not their intention. But we are human, right? And to be completely real, I think we are all a little bit ableist um, and probably kind of racist and ageist and classist and sexist, even if we claim that we are not. Uh, I'm sure that Ham Sandwich Guy actually believes he's quite a delight, but Hammy has got work to do. I'm doubtful that he'll do it, but one can only hope. Um, but I think by admitting that we have biases, bias I, bias A, biases, um, and by looking at them and thinking about them and being curious about them and talking about them, And sharing them even when it makes us look bad or makes us feel embarrassed about it. Uh, Maybe that is how we evolve. Most people don't even mean to be a-holes. They usually don't even realize they're being ableist unless somebody points it out. Or maybe with time, they they suddenly see it. Uh, And when I say they, I mean me in this scenario. I experienced this recently. And I can't really go into detail because I don't want to hurt anyone who was involved in this conversation because nobody did anything wrong. I think hearts and intentions were definitely in the right place, but the conversation went, it definitely went sideways to my absolute horror. So here's the gist of it. I was feeling protective and I think justifiably fearful for Avery's safety um, because the supervision that was intended to keep her safe has been lacking, let's just say. And I'm not pointing any fingers, and I understand why this is happening. But when you hand your disabled child off to others who are watching out for them, and then you find out that this hasn't exactly been happening in the way that you had planned, it feels very unsettling. So this is where my mind was when this conversation happened. And if I could go back and do it again, I probably would have postponed the conversation until a time when I was feeling less reactive or whatever, but that didn't happen. And because of that, I think my words ended up being tainted with an ableist tone when that wasn't my intention at all. But you know, it happened. So what happened was I questioned Avery's well-being in a particular environment where the needs of other disabled people uh, overrode hers by necessity. Like all energies were definitely required for her peers in that situation and rightly so because of their safety. And um, uh, yeah, but because Avery is a very respectful, polite rule follower Instead of asking for assistance when she needed it, she didn't want to interrupt. And so she tried to navigate certain situations on her own. And usually it's okay because she can be, she's quite self-sufficient and, and she's usually successful in these situations. But on this particular day, she did find herself in a potentially dangerous situation and she, but she figured it out and it was fine, Um, but it could have gone wrong. So Yeah, I was reacting to that. And I can understand how my words sounded ableist by insinuating, I guess, that 
there was a disparity in needs. It's not needs exactly, but an imbalance in resources needed to support those needs. Ugh, sorry to be so cryptic. I'm usually an open book, but only when it's appropriate. And this conversation was private, and I would never want to make anyone feel criticized or attacked. Um, I did send an apology email after this conversation, and I hope it was received in the intention that it was written. Um, it's fine. I've moved on. Uh, but I wanted to share this example as convoluted as it is, sorry, to say that even people who have the best intentions and who consider themselves to be on the correct side of disability rights and advocacy, even they can mess up or put their child's needs ahead of others because um, mama bear syndrome, uh, it's a real thing. Self-reflection is tiring. Every time I go back and look at old posts that I've written or stories about our life with Avery in the early days, I, I find giant chunks of text that is completely cringy. I used to write in a, tone, in a tone of bitterness a lot and maybe even a little bit of know it, know-it-allness and judgment. And whenever I see it, I am surprised and embarrassed by it. But whenever I come across something like that, that definitely sounds ableist or is ableist even, I try to remove it or better still, I'll revise it and update it to more current and respectful um, and inclusive language. But um, back to that change room. Um, At the time, when I wrote that rather reactive, self-indulgent story, I felt absolutely justified in my anger. I was like, how dare that woman shush my child? Like, seriously? But like I said, in that edited update to that story at the end of the post, I didn't know this woman. I didn't know her story. Um, She wasn't being ableist. Her shushing really had nothing to do with Avery being disabled. She was just annoyed by us and she snapped, which is fair enough. Would I have preferred that she merely said, hey, like, excuse me, can you keep it down? Instead of her rude, aggressive, elongated shush, of course, but... uh, Years later, as an older mom myself, I can now understand her reaction more clearly with much less emotional and um, reactiveness. Uh, So here's a comment that I got on the same blog post the other day, and it was written by a mom who was much more thoughtful and respectful in her language than Ham Sandwich, Um, even though she probably didn't agree with my sarcastic huffiness dealing with the shush, she was, was... empathetic, and she took the time to share her perspective and offer some advice. Advice which I actually agree with. Um, Kids do need boundaries in public. They shouldn't be allowed to run amok and bug other people, like in a restaurant. Like, no way. If other diners are out paying big bucks for dinner, they don't need to listen to other people's kids screaming or blasting Cocomelon videos on their iPhones or whatever. And I I agree 100% with her on that. So here's her comment. I understand your frustration. I probably would have handled the same as you with sarcasm and anger and walking away fuming. But how I would like to handle these things is by not even letting it register in my mind in the first place so it doesn't affect me or my child one bit. I found as a mom that I often internalize people's comments to or about my kids as a slight on my parenting. For example, an older friend of mine once overheard my kids playing in the backyard and asked, why are they up so late? And proceeded to tell me what time her kids used to go to bed. 
She probably meant well and was trying to tell me that I need to put them to bed so I can have some me time. But at the time, it made me feel like a bad mom. There is a deep and hidden mom shame in me that makes me take comments more personally than I should. Generally, when I'm in public, I teach my kids to be mindful of their surroundings and others in their surroundings. For example, if they're getting loud in the grocery store, I tell them to lower their voice because they're in a public place. If they start running around in the store, I remind them that they're not in a play space. When they were younger, I'd let them use the phone while I shopped, but kept it on a low volume. To me, it's important that my kids grow up with an awareness of others who share public space with them and be mindful of the impact their presence can have on those in that space. I don't want my kids to feel like they're fully entitled to take, to take over whatever space they find themselves in, but rather to fully inhabit that part of it that they are in while leaving room for others. See, that kind of comment has value and it contributes to a discussion and it pushes the conversation forward. I don't know this woman, but Monica, if you are listening, I really appreciated your comment and I really appreciate thoughtful thinkers like you. So thank you. But now in my defense, (laughs) I still feel the need to defend myself. That's on me. I could probably do a very deep dive on that, but honestly, I am who I am. I am a highly sensitive empath type. So what are you going to do? Anyway, in my defense, I didn't know that there was anybody else in the change room with us. I absolutely thought we were alone. And um, Avery wasn't yelling. She wasn't screeching. She wasn't having a hissy or playing videos like really loud on her phone, my phone. She didn't have a phone then. Um, She was just humming her ABCs and making silly voices. So at the time, I didn't think it was that annoying. Um, But, but flash forward to last week when I was at Winners, um, childless because Avery was at school and I was in the change room trying on stupid bras, not underwire bras because we've now learned that underwire is the worst. Um, full disclosure, however, do I wear a bra every day now post pandemic lockdown? No, no, I do not. But I do put one on when I'm going out in public or doing any kind of jumping or brisk movement. You are welcome. So I'm in the change room trying on bras and I'm feeling quite frustrated and fat. And I know we're not allowed to say fat or fat shame people, including ourselves, but I'm just, I'm just setting the scene. Also, I hadn't had lunch yet. So I was fat and angry and hungry and hormonal, which is a very wicked combination. Just ask my husband about that. Anyway, I wasn't my best self. So in walks this mom and her two young sons. And instead of going into any of the other cubicles, because there were at least 20 of them, they chose to go into the one right next to mine. And that pissed me off. And then one of the kids was watching YouTube videos at a very loud volume. So that was irritating. And then the other kid was standing up on the chair in the change room and he kept jumping off and landing on the floor, acting like a superhero or something. And he did this repeatedly. And then every once in a while, he would bang against the wall that was between our cubicles. And that was really irritating. But the final straw was when the mom took a phone call and she put it on speakerphone, um, which just added to the ruckus. And she was talking to a girlfriend about some miscommunication or altercation or something that happened in their friend group, which would have been fine if I could have at least listened in and been entertained by it. 
But because of all the noise the kids were making, I couldn't hear what the person who she was gossiping with was saying. So I only heard one side of the story. So that was also annoying. All of it combined made me want to yell shush at the top of my lungs. So essentially, the grouchy shoe was on the other foot. But the difference here is that I didn't shush or shame that woman. The only shame I actually felt was me trying to squeeze into a bra that was two sizes too small. I thought I was a C cup. It turns out I am not. So I think that set me off. Side note, do you even know how to measure your bra size correctly? I have been doing it wrong my entire life until I watched this TikTok that changed everything. It explained how to do it properly. So this has nothing to do with the episode, but just just as a more, you know. Um, okay, so you measure around your rib cage under your bust. <laughs> I can't say bust without thinking about Judy Bloom and are you there, God? It's Margaret. So anyway, okay, write that number down. Then measure around the fullest part of your boobs and then write that number down. Then subtract the rib cage number from the bigger busty number. So let's say your rib cage number is 34 and your busty number is 39. So you take 39 minus 34 and the difference would be five. So using your fingers as letters, so um, double A, A, B, C, D, double D, triple D. I don't know what happens after that. Back pain, obviously. So if you use your, okay, so if you count to five, so the difference is five, God, I'm making this into a big mess. If your number is five, then you would go zero is double A, then you'd go one is an A cup, two is a B cup, three is a C cup, four is a D cup, five is a double D. So your bra size would be 34 double D. That is a game changer, man. I wish I'd known that years ago. Anyway, look it up on TikTok and you can watch somebody explain it better. Anyway, back to the story. I understand why that woman shushed us. I understand it, but I I definitely don't like it, but I do understand it. But I would never shush anyone. If that mom in the change room stall next to me and her two kids were being rude or unsafe or disrespectful in some way, then I definitely would have said something. I probably would have just asked them to tone it down, but I would have used a respectful tone, at least as my first attempt, but they were fine. So it was just a mom trying to shop with her kids and I have been there and it's not easy and we're all just doing the best we can. So we just need to show each other some compassion and a little understanding, you know? So I just finished trying on my stupid bras and I went to the stupidly long lineup and I cashed out and then I just went on with my life. All good. So I guess I'll just end with this final thought. Whenever you have the option of being supportive, just just do it. And if someone is annoying, cut them some slack and just try to move on. You don't know their story or what they're going through. And in particular, may I point out, Parents of kids with disabilities are trying to give their kids the opportunity to learn how to behave in public. And it can be really hard at first. It's emotional, it's exhausting, and it can be very frustrating. But how will our kids learn how to interact in the world if we um, don't teach them social rules and boundaries and give them a chance? So yeah, I don't hold a grudge against the shusher woman. I did take her shush quite personally, and 
it was obviously a reflection or a judgment of my parenting in my mind, but she probably triggered insecurities and shame. And so I was passive aggressive and snarky in my response. So I did what I just said not to do, uh, to judge others when we don't know anything about them or what they might be going through. So in short, which I've just made quite long, (laughs) just don't be a ham sandwich of a human. Thank you for listening and for being supportive and inclusive and compassionate and the thoughtful ride or die humans that you are. We love you and we appreciate you so much. Here is Avery. She doesn't eat ham sandwiches because pigs, but she does enjoy lunch with her friends. So here she is with a lunch joke. Do you know what I call my friends who I eat lunch with? My taste buds. Your support means so much to us. So thank you for sharing the podcast and for cheering us on. It is amazing to see this bright, beautiful community growing in this way. If you have a question, an episode suggestion, or you just want to say hello, we would love to hear from you. So reach out on Instagram or send us an email, or you can show off your techie prowess by leaving us an audio message by clicking the message button on the Spotify for Podcasters homepage. That link is in the show notes and on the podcast page on the Very Bright Life website. If you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review. More positive comments and five-star reviews nudge the algorithm to deliver this content to more ears. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat with you again soon.